Lower your expectations. Season 3, it's a hockey podcast and Lance, Coach, and Randall. Hello and welcome to episode 34 of the Youth Hockey Podcast. And David, for uh, the beginning of the Youth Hockey Podcast uh, 34, I want to ask you a question, and we have not prepped this. Okay. Can you think of a sentence that uh, that gets used constantly in the way uh, in uh, in the way people talk about hockey uh, online, and in, that has two nationalities within one sentence? Um, yeah, uh, uh, all Swedish, no Finnish. Now I was thinking, finish your checks, but go ahead. <laughs> uh, that, yeah, there we go. There we go. There we go. Thank you. Uh, anyway, uh, but I like yours as well, by the way. Uh, so David has uh, a real treat for us today. As he, oh, by the way, did you notice we got one more review, Coach? No, I did not. I didn't. Yeah, it, uh, the bell rings because they mentioned Coach Dave Raleigh uh, by oh, name yeah. in the review, which means Coach. You get the star for today. I'm going to send okay. it over to you. I'm going to have to read that and just see what how badly they hated me. No, they love you. They, By the way, you are almost, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say a sex symbol. But if I did say a sex symbol for the show, that you would be it. You would be the one. Good You'd God. be the These one that's like. have not seen me. That's the only no, way. That no, no. I tell you what, we'll get some young Dave Ralston photos up on the on the thing. <laughs> we not will again. be huge in, in all countries at that point. But David, please take it over and and uh, and, and let us know what uh, your topic is today. Yeah, well, we, we got a, uh, an interesting topic today because, you know, a lot of times I think we our signal to noise ratio is not, uh, you know, we, we've amused ourselves, but it's not always. Uh, as much uh, signal as maybe uh, I'd like to have. Well, that's one way to say it, I guess. But anyway, uh, you know, there's an area of hockey that um, I've often talked about that, like when I was growing up in the days of Methuselah and, uh, you know, the seventies and everything that uh, it just didn't really exist in hockey. And, uh, uh, it, but now I'd say, you know, maybe this is the last 20 years uh, that, there's a whole area of hockey called that everybody now, you know, just in general calls skills development. And a lot of youth hockey involves training, you know, off the ice and, and off the season, even in season where your son or daughter is going to work with a coach that's focused on things like, you know, how they shoot the puck or uh, you know, their individual skating stuff. And that didn't, you know, really used to, to exist. And I think that this is an area that it's tough to gauge as a parent, whether or not the coaches that you might be working with are effective or uh, it's, it's just a lot harder for a parent to kind of interact with their kid because they don't know how to talk to them about it. And, uh, you know, so over the last, you know, couple of years we've been doing this thing, I have referenced a few people who I think are really influential in this area and, uh, and have definitely, definitely influenced me. And I'm going to have uh, it's just, uh, you know, put it on people, uh, a great surprise that we have one of those people who is uh, uh, just an amazing, um, amazingly influential skills coach uh, from the Vancouver area. And I, you know, I've talked about him before, Jason Yee. So, uh, Jason, uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, thrilled to have you on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. You know, I will add something too, Dave, is that I, I, Jason, I, I, I don't even remember where or how, but I stumbled across some of your videos when I was trying to research something or other. 
as we hockey dads like to do. And I, uh, uh, I, I, I click follow, I think on, on one of your videos and, uh, best move I ever made. I mean, I get videos from you and, and, uh, just instructional skill development type of, uh, uh, things on a regular basis, you know, it's yeah, all- YouTube probably YouTube. Yeah. And I did just like every week on my email, I, I think it's, it's at least weekly. I get something from you, which is so relevant, you know, and I just kind of wish I had discovered you when the, my boys were seven, eight years old, you know? Yeah. This is, uh, this is maybe, uh, the good deed we can be doing for people. Um, uh, you know, uh, introducing him to, to Jason and some of the ideas. And, and so, you know, I want to, I want to jump right in there because one of the things that I, I feel has been helpful for me and, you know, ultimately for my son is that one of the things that Jason has done that's, that's really amazing is he's kind of, um, he's, he's provided uh, like a terminology um, that the that the players can understand you can understand as a coach. And, and uh, so, you know, I'm going to throw a couple of these just uh, Jason, you can talk about any of these that you want or not, but like he, he's, uh, he's the first guy I ever saw who talked about shin angle. And I brought that up and also a Y angle and the corkscrew and uh, NHL grip code and the Crosby crevice and rocker. And these are all things that all came out of uh, came from, from Jason and his, uh, his teaching, his coaching, and uh, having these things is really, uh, I think, the thing that you know drives um, the kid. Sort of uh, being able to understand, you know, what what they're doing or not doing, and, and or you know, emulate. And a lot of this came out of like Jason doing these breakdowns that that you and I both saw, where he would uh, do videos that kind of broke down things like uh, Connor McDavid, the way he skates, and uh, no, and Sidney Crosby and some of these other NHL superstars. So By the Jason, way, I'm, I'm very familiar with the corkscrew, but I don't know if it's in the same way Jason teaches it. Yeah, well, there's a corkscrew, <laughs> uh, you know, that you opens up a wine bottle, but uh, that's uh, the one I'm familiar with. But uh, yeah, Jason, do you want you want to talk about can, any of this stuff? I can jump off from that. Like, yeah, yeah. And I think what's what's helpful is if I give a little bit of backstory too to come up with or to explain why I have such crazy language for the things that that we talk about. And uh, I grew up on uh, in Victoria, BC. So it's literally an island just off the, the west coast of BC. And um, Jamie Ben was one year older than me and much, much better. And it drove me insane because he didn't try as hard. I was training a lot. I was listening to my coach's advice and I was working really, really hard. And it, it just drove me nuts. I couldn't, I couldn't figure out why I wasn't getting better and, and why, I, you know, following the common advice wasn't actually helping. I like it was helping. I was getting stronger. I was getting better, but not the same trajectory that he had. So I went on to study kinesiology at UBC where I was also playing. And that's where I started to understand the science and the biomechanics of movement. And, uh, you know, I was able to really, you know, combine my, my passion with my studies. And that's where I started to realize that there was a way to break down what NHLers are doing in a way that was not commonly explained by coaches. I remember one moment I was watching the Sedins play in Vancouver and I was watching a move and I was like, I don't know what that move is. I've never heard it. 
like I've never no one's ever explained that to me. I've never seen that before. I just don't know what that is or even how to describe it. So I embarked on this this research project with with myself where I studied NHL movement through video and then I would aim to coach myself. And I started to realize, yeah, there wasn't these words or these names or these terms for these movements that NHLers were commonly doing. And through that discovery process, I started to make videos, uh, which are the ones that, that you see on YouTube today. Uh, they're hopefully a bit better now. But that's, yeah, that's where I started to, to come up with language to start to describe the things that I was seeing that other coaches didn't have names for, didn't have words for. So that's kind of the, the backstory there to, to the, the, the crazy naming conventions. That plus, I try to have fun with them. I try to try to add alliteration and whatnot to it as well. So um, yeah, that, that's kind of the backstory to it. Right. And um, uh, so I, people probably don't know, you know, you, you have, um, uh, you have a program, I guess would be a fair way to call it uh, um, called uh, at this point called train 2.0. Uh, Cause I know people are probably going to want to Google and look, look you up. And uh, originally it was called downhill skating system. And um, I'd say over the years, uh, you've, you've had a bunch of coaches that um, have started to kind of, uh, who've educated themselves in, in what you were teaching. And, um, you know, if people don't know that, like you do have a course and people can subscribe to that and they can, in, in the course, you have uh, videos where you demonstrate a lot of these things. And there's a guy uh, up in, uh, he's in the Ottawa area, a younger guy, who's been yeah Kevin uh, yeah but been kind of teaching your stuff now for a few years and one of the things uh, he put post videos one of the things I've, I've really been fascinated with that you know to just watch is that um, when he's when he's running sessions with kids he's got an iPad up and he's using some software and on one side of the iPad he's got like a video that you made that's demonstrating a particular skill technique and then on the other side is the is the video he's taking to the kid and they'll, and they'll go through these, you know, uh, um, training uh, drills and, and whatnot that they're doing. And then like, he can show the kid immediately, like side by side, well, here's Jason, here's demonstrating this. And then here's you when you just did that, you know, cause that's what you're trying to emulate. And they can have this feedback loop. And I think that's one of the things I, I found interesting, you know, is just that you were, you know, ahead of the, I think of the curve. Cause I think this is really where, where this is going is that, not everybody can be in the Vancouver area and work with you. And, and people don't know, I'm since I do know, you know, there's, you, you work with kids, but like, you're not a guy who's really focused on being a, a hockey coach. Like uh, a lot of people have experience with you. You don't coach a team as far as I know, or any teams, you know, you have like other uh, pursuits that you have and other businesses. So <laughs> I know that you coach a whole bunch of kids and some of these kids are, you know, incredibly skilled, but they're, uh, but that's not like you're not focused on, you know, becoming a coach and getting to the next level. You're just focused on the skills and mechanics like you're talking about. And this thing of like uh, feedback and how you get better at something is really interesting. And I think you were sort of ahead of the curve that video is important. And that's that's always been a big part of your program is like encouraging the people that are um, that are participating in this to have have them. And some of them are adults, you know, who want to learn and get better at, at hockey or whatnot. Um, but, but have them, you know, like 
taking videos of themselves and then posting, and then they get feedback from the other members and some of these coaches. Um, is that something you expected? It just felt it just happened that way, or or, or is it something that, that over time you sort of saw? Well, this is this is you know this is what's going to be the future. This is what's going to be effective. Yeah. Well, I think the first thing was that it was a a pure ego trip because you know, I, I didn't make the NHL. I was, to be honest, like cut up about that. Like that was, that was hard emotionally for me to, to, to grapple with. And so there right. was kind of like a bit of a, you know, okay, well, you know, I didn't get the coaching I needed. So like, I'm going to prove that, you know, you can actually coach that. So it's almost like a, you know, defense mechanism to emotionally protect myself from my failure. That's how it, how it definitely started. Can I ask a question? Jason? Sure. I'm curious because you you said you uh, you were one year apart from Jamie Ben. Yes. And and I and I think I already know the answer just based on what you've been talking about. But but a question I've always asked myself is, you know, you see these top players in the NHL, can it be taught, or is there a huge percentage that's just God given skill? Oh, Lance, you're, you're going right into my wheelhouse here. So the, I, let's just start with, yes, it can be taught. I think that the reason that it hasn't is, is that the best players tend to learn unconsciously. They tend to learn implicitly. So what that means is it, it literally, the, the, the correct movements literally come natural to them and, and they learn it implicitly. And what that means is that they can't verbalize it. And that's why you get a Wayne Gretzky, who's a phenomenal player, but a horrible coach, because they what what they learn is is not 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 conscious. It can't even be can't be transferred to another. And in fact, that's the the most optimal way of learning is to learn in a uh, in an unconscious, implicit way because the the speed of decision making can be faster. So it's this ironic thing where the, the best players learn these skills and these movements and these feelings in their body. They do so naturally, they do so faster, and they can't communicate it. And so what ends up happening is that players and mostly coaches, they just pass down what they've always heard. So they, they, they hear, oh, you know, get your hands out when you shoot. Uh, that's just a common cue. It's not always wrong, but it is sometimes wrong. And they've heard it a million times and they just repeat it. They just parrot it again and again and again. And what's ironic is that those, those players that have that implicit understanding of what to do and when to have their hands out and when to have their hands in, they don't communicate that because they can't. So they just parrot the common coaching lingo that's always been happening if that makes sense like so so i think there's been this divide and i'll i'll kind of wrap it back into uh what dave is talking about which is there's been this divide between what the best players do and what the coaching the common coaching wisdom is and my way in was video feedback like uh like David mentioned, or I, I think I mentioned that that I was on Vancouver Island. There was no, not good coaches. Like there was some really well-meaning, really experienced coaches, but but the elite of the elite, 
movement coach, which at the time for me was like a Daryl Belfry. He was in like Florida or Ontario or something. And I was in, I was in Victoria and I couldn't get access to him. And that was, that was hard. But then what I did was I asked myself, or I think I even asked him or watched his videos. And I was like, well, how did he get good? Cause he was like a goalie. Like he wasn't, he wasn't a player at all. So I was like, how did, how did he get good? And it was through video feedback. He, I think he was a video coach for a team or I don't know something, but he just watched so much video. So, so I just reverse engineered that. I said, okay, well, I need to study video and I need to understand what's going on. And there was a technology change that, that was happening at the time, right? Which was when I was nine, 10 years old, I was watching NHL games. It had to be at 7 p.m. because there was no DVRs or PVRs or TiVos or anything. It had to be at 7 a.m. And I have horrible eyesight. So I had to sit, you know, three inches in front of the TV uh, of my parents' 20-inch Panasonic TV because I didn't, I, I couldn't even see what was going on. So I was trying to figure out what was happening in the NHL, but I couldn't. I had no choice. I had, like, there, that wasn't possible. But then when I began developing Train 2.0 was around a time when smartphones were becoming good and you know video recording and video playback was something that was like possible on a handheld device uh, and that's where like gopros were becoming a thing so what i realized was that you know i could i could actually just give myself more video feedback if i recorded myself and then and then rewatched it later and reflected on it later and that's where the idea of the the app that that you see Kevin McKinnon so Kevin McKinnon from from Valley Apex uh, out in Ottawa he he uses it, he uses it religiously with his with his players and it's called the Accelerate app and what it does is it has a live feed where it's recording the player and then it it plays the what it just saw on a delay so like a like you can custom set the the delay so it could be five seconds later ten seconds later fifteen seconds. Uh, later. And so you can go skate in front of your iPad, you can do a drill, and then you could come right back to the iPad and then watch yourself doing the drill. Now, Jason, so, are you yeah. at all worried that uh, if you Canadian coaches start spreading your wisdom to the American players, that they will, <laughs> um, they'll start beating you in the Olympics more? <laughs> well, it's kind of funny because the, what I, when I, when I first started with train 2.0, I was, you know, I, I think I'm a, I, I'm a, Canadian kind of patriot and I was like yeah you know rah rah Canada and then and then what I was finding yeah your was I, countrymen might not like you giving away these secrets I'm, I'm <laughs> not, I do not want you to be getting hate mail uh in Vancouver I just I don't want to see that and so I bring this up as a as a possibility uh coach uh tell me if I'm wrong well I think the Canadians like for the most part need to kind of get their act together because what I was finding was the the U.S. parents and players were all over the the content much faster. I and and that's what had me. I, I started to realize like, okay, like in the states, like the approach I feel is a bit more growth mindset, a bit more you know do the repetition and a bit more do the work, a bit more science based. I feel like in Canada, not everyone, but it's a bit kind of like a you know magic, like you know hopefully someone like some people just have it in Canada or they don't. And every male over the age of, I don't know, 16 thinks they're an expert on hockey in Canada. Um, <laughs> and I, th I don't think you get that ego in, in the States, right? Like, you know, so, so I think that that can lead to a bit of closed mindedness. And so I think my most ardent haters 
are Canadians, not because I'm sharing it widely, but because um, they just look at it and they go, oh, what's this newfangled science approach, right? So so I, that's what I found with uh, uh, with with Canadians. Of course, there's I have an amazing Canadian group. It's just that of the more it's vocal It's too late, people. Jason. It's too late. You've <laughs> lost all of your Molsons. Uh, there will never be a Molson bought for you at a bar again. You just, you, <laughs> oh, believe me, he's got, he's got plenty of... Uh, Parents are, you know, up there. I'm just saying, you got to be careful. To, well, you know, since I've been there, like I, I was there, uh, you know, and had my son working with Jason for uh, last year. And, uh, you know, one of the things about being there, I was sort of hanging out with a bunch of the other Canadian dads a little bit, you know, while we're doing this and listening to their conversations is exactly like the kind of crazy conversations that we've all you know <laughs> talked about many times uh you know uh but I, I won't go into like spilling the secrets of what what they were talking about but you know it's it's the same everywhere it's just that uh you know they're it's like anything the word gets out and if you're lucky enough to be there um you know then maybe you can get jason to uh, work with your kid but if you're not close to a place like that um there's no hope for you, but in the, in this world, you know, the, the new world, there actually is, is, uh, you know, an opportunity because there's guys like this. And in this case, you know, I think Jason's like probably, I, I, I honestly think he's one of the, the best resources you could possibly have. Um, if you, if your kid's young and, and you don't have someone that you're working with, um, and it just didn't exist before, um, people like him started, started doing this like you know he brought up daryl belfry which you know that it's amazing you know daryl belfry that some of the players that he worked with uh you know his most famous uh, students patrick king but if you didn't live in buffalo new york there was no way you were ever gonna have a chance to work with daryl belfry it just wasn't possible so uh, jason do you mind if i point out that the coach doesn't gush over anyone in fact <laughs> the, the coach is a bit of a contrarian if you've listened to the podcast the coach will very often like uh, like be like, oh, I can't believe that. That's so stupid. I've never done it in my life. I hate that. I hate that too. So if you have impressed upon him this kind of devotion, uh, you uh, you uh, you everyone had better listen to this guy because I I can tell you the coach is not easily impressed. I've been trying for years. Well, uh, <laughs> the other thing I wanted to I wanted to bring up was that um, so. Uh, there, there's a there's a guy who has worked with Jason on and off who's who's a professional player um, and and he's really active in the group and he's playing over in in Europe right now and uh, he was telling a story um, I don't know not not that long ago uh, maybe six months or, or whatever and uh, he was talking about um, when he first did a camp with Jason Jason does camps up there with like for junior players and, and you know once in a while, I guess, maybe once a year or a couple times a year. And he, uh, so he'd gone to this and here, here's this guy, you know, he was, uh, you know, an, a, assigned to an NHL team. Um, I don't know, uh, you know, whether he's played NHL games, but um, he's also good friends with some NHL players and he trains with them in the off season. One of which is a, you know, a bonafide, you know, top three, four player in the NHL superstar. And uh, this guy was taught and he was talking about how he went to this camp and he's like, I'm a professional player and I'm a great skater. And, uh, and Jason, you know, has a bunch of guys that he's worked with and they're all going through some drills. And he said, I started going to this drill and I'm like, what the hell, you know, I, <laughs> like, I can't do it. Like, this is really hard. I'm not doing this well. And just talking about how, 
and and you know if you see this guy he's he's an amazing skater but it just shows the kind of like uh interest and focus that some people have in trying to get better and we also you know we've talked about this on the podcast a bunch of times as well that there's nhl players that are um, you know, that, that this is one of the things that you often hear about, even though some of the best players like Sidney Crosby is, was always, a, you know, an example that's brought up that the guy never stops working on his game. He never, he, he doesn't have this ego. That's like, I, I can't get any better. You, you hear this constantly, like the, these top players are always trying to get better. Um, so can you get better? Absolutely. I mean, this, this guy who, who is the professional hockey player has gotten better. He would tell you that he'd be the first to tell you that uh, I've worked on my game and some of these skills have made me better. And I'm, you know, and doing analysis and looking at video of myself, you know, has, has improved me as, as a player. So if that's true for a professional player, it's certainly true for a youth hockey player. I think he's 34 now, 34, 35. And he's, playing the best hockey of his life like both visually but then also objectively with points and yeah you know when, when players he posts get to some, that age he posts some videos it's he looks like a 24 year old skater like so you're not supposed videos. to be getting faster at yeah at, at that age right but he is and uh yeah no it, it's been it's been super cool to see that hey you know what uh, jason i wanted to take you back a little uh when you were talking before about the video stuff, because, uh, you know, it's funny that you, you talk about that because I know like with, with my son's situation, there, there were moments in time where, you know, the coach, uh, was telling him like, look, I need you to do X when you keep doing Y, you know? And, and like you said, my son's working hard. He's trying to do everything, you know, and he's 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 telling the coach and he's telling him, look, I'm doing exactly what you're telling me. But he, he never could really put the pieces together until this guy started showing him video, you know, mm-hmm. and he could actually mm-hmm. watch. Uh, like you said, you know, it's one thing for them to say, you know, these this is where you need to go. This is where you need to be. This is how you execute versus actually seeing it firsthand. And then you start to understand, you know? And uh, so like you said, I mean, video is, I think nowadays is priceless, you know? Totally. Well, and that, and that was, I don't know if I got to it, but that was my whole goal with the app was to compress the feedback loop. Because if you think of what typically happens when a, a player is developing is they, they maybe they're out, they're playing a game, they get game footage. When I was growing up, there was no game footage. It was like a really special deal when they videoed a game, but now I think everything's videoed. And then they play their game. They make a mistake. They sit on the bench, they get yelled at, they go back out, or maybe they don't. They get changed after the locker room, not the change room. Um, I, I know in the States, um, but uh, uh, you know, then they go upstairs later and 24 hours later, they watch the game footage. Um, and that feedback loop is just so slow. So I, I did a thought experiment to say, how could you crank up the feedback loop so that you could like do a drill and like see your feedback right away? And how could you do that and see a feedback and then compare it to an NHLer right away? You could like a hundred or a thousand X, the amount of feedback you could get. Uh, and, and that was the idea behind, behind the, 
the app. And I think the other part that I know David's uh, touched on is like, is the, you know, not everyone has access to a coach like myself or, you know, a Daryl Belfry, um, or I think a Boris Doroshenko is a, a very good person to look up to as well. And so I've been very intentional with uh, Train 2.0 that I've, I've actually built it all to be online and accessible. Uh, I, I don't make myself that I, I'm, I'm, I'm not that available. As Dave mentioned, I'm, I, I have a few other businesses going, so I'm not that available. So I've been intentional about building the content and the system so that people anywhere can, can use it. And I think that, uh, and Kevin has done a phenomenal job, but Kevin's just, you know, one of the coaches that, that has been using the, the system uh, really well. And, uh, and Kevin's had some, some phenomenal results. Um, so, you know, that's been, that's been a really cool thing. So that, that was a big part of, of why I've chosen to, to build things online is because I know my time is limited and, uh, and, you know, players from anywhere should be able to see it. And I, and, I, and I've, I've got players from all over. It's, it's, it's super cool. I think when I got my first, like, you know, Swedish player or Finnish player, it was, uh, and, and I have, a, I have players in Korea. So it's just, it's just nuts. What, what has been, uh, able to be possible with uh, putting putting content online. Yeah, absolutely. Like uh, it, this is kind of the new world. I think the the other thing I was going to say is, um, uh, it's it's just one of those things where how something looks is very frequently in any kind of sport not how it actually feels, and mm -hmm. there's a huge divide between. Uh, you know, for, for me, this is one of those things with, with my son where, you know, he, he wanted to get to a point where like his skating was something that was an asset to him. And, um, he, uh, you know, we, we talk about stuff, but, you know, I could tell, like, he just didn't understand the, the difference between what it felt like to him and and what he was actually doing or i i think actually a better way of saying is that you know this was a thing for me is that i uh i was like i guess one of those people that just had a decent mechanic at least from my era so i always was a good skater and i know jason you've said the same thing about yourself you were always the strong skater and uh and then you know i have a son and he you know i i'm trying to like help him and and have him work on this area of his game and i just could not I, I didn't know what to say. Like I, I had no way to actually understand what was going on and, until uh, I'm really, this is one of the reasons why I, I sort of feel indebted to, to Jason is that it was a video that he put up that gave me a couple of cues that I, I'll, I could then look at my son and say, wait a second. Okay. Now I see what this thing is. And uh, what video that was, uh, it was probably, it was probably the McDavid one. And, you know, cause that was one of the, I think one of your earlier ones probably. Right. Um, and uh, maybe, you know, along those lines, it was just, a, there was a couple of things there where you talked about um, what he was doing that I could see, well, okay, what my son's doing is very different than that. So, you know, not, not that him changing those things was going to turn him into Connor McDavid, but, you know, at, uh, listen, I just, I, I, I try not to talk about my son. We, we all, you know, kind of avoid this, you know, this topic. 
um, you know, and because we're just hockey dads and stuff, but, but honestly, my son's skating has gotten so much better. Like he's actually, uh, he, he has like some, a gear that he never had when he was younger. And a lot of this came through this mechanic. The, the other thing I wanted to say about this too, is like, I, I want to caution people and say that uh, my son got to an age where he could engage with this material himself. And until he got to that point, um, you know, like it, I, it, it, can, it cannot really work. I mean, I, th- I where think would that, you say that line is uh, coach just so for him, or, uh, for Jason, I'd, I, Jason, I'd actually be interested uh, if you answered that first and then coach, uh, then, 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 yeah, uh, yeah, then, then yeah, that, no, great, great idea that, that, well, yeah. I wasn't, when I first started, I wasn't super intentional about target market or like, you know, like the, the, who the message was going out to, I think I was initially aiming to get it out to, to younger players. I think that's like the natural thing to do. Um, but then what I found was that it was parents that were more engaging with the material. So, the typical thing that I've found is players around, I I think players start to get interested around 13, 14. I think they really start to understand and and do well at 16, 17. And up to that point, parents guiding their, their kids is, is really helpful. And, And I've, I've had a ton of parents that, that guide their, they, they, they teach their, their kids to skate that way. So, um, but like to Dave's point, like you, the parent therefore has to do a bunch of heavy lifting. Like you got to watch the videos, you got to communicate the cues and kind of bring the the kid in and to watch the video and say, Hey, like, you know, watch, watch what happens here. Like, and then that's just a function I think of, of discipline and, and staying on top of, uh, of things. So that's, that's been, that's been my experience. So what Dave's saying, like, I think, uh, is, is very accurate. Yeah. Coach, coach, when was it that, that you found, uh, Connor really? It was, uh... it was around that, it was around that age. Cause I, I remember like I was sort of preaching to him at the 13, 14 age. And then he like around 13, 14, 15 is where he really finally kind of engaged. Cause I was like, look, man, like, no, I can talk to you about this, but you know, do you do you care? Do you care about hockey? Like, oh, I care Would you about say it. that interest in hockey and interest in girls have some strange overlap, Coach? Um, I'm just asking. I mean, for I'm a lot just of people, asking. Probably. That's what I'm saying. Is that where it, it happens? Like, just you know. Well, I you know the, the girls is Lisa's separate, looking pretty good right topic, now, separate and so topic. is Connor McDavid. Yeah, but go ahead. Uh, but you know, as far as like uh, kids being, you know, all of our sons were very very. Uh, focused on hockey at certain times in their life where it was sort of a central thing for them. And for, for my son, you know, when he, when he really started to get a lot better was when he engaged with it and I stopped engaging with it that directly. And, uh, and then, you know, we'd have like, he'd be like, did you see when I did that today? And I was like, well, now that you brought it up, yeah, I did notice that. I was like, yeah, did I, I pulled off that the thing. And, uh, you know, he threw out a, a one of Jason's like, uh, terms and, uh, I was like, yeah, I, I saw that. And, uh, so that, that's when I knew, okay, he's like, he's actually digesting this material himself and he's actualizing it. Uh, it's, it's in his mind. He used a strategy from there. Uh, the, the other thing I want to say, you know, to go back to something Jason said, um, 
earlier. Um, yeah, you know, it's so true. Like th- uh, things have changed. We've talked about the changes in technology, like uh, coaches used to really focus on, Hey, like when you're shooting, like you got to put a lot of, you got to get behind the, the, you know, aim your, your stick and hit that behind the puck and really put a lot of pressure downwards into the ice and stuff like that. Well, that might've been true back when, you know, in my day when you were using wooden sticks, but now the technology is totally different and you have these players in the NHL who are shooting differently. And it's like, does anybody notice? And when you have a a whole coach uh, or when you have a coach that's still teaching you the techniques that they learned growing up, I mean, it's understandable, but it's just probably not the right, uh, the right training. And I think when my son was like 15, he was playing triple A. I remember we played this team up from New York, one of the, the better teams in the country. And that team was being coached by a couple of ex NHLers. And I was watching their warm up, and I swear to you, every single kid was shooting the puck differently than, you know, this type of uh, advice that I got growing up and that a lot of coaches still give to kids. It was clear to me that those coaches were teaching these kids how mechanics that were different because across the board, these kids were just drifting the puck at 15. And it's like, well, you know, um, look, <laughs> things, things are changing. It's a, the sport's evolving. And, uh, you know, if you can get, if you can get a coach like this, that it can actually understand why it's changing and uh, break down, you know, what you might do differently and, you know, using the models of the best players in the NHL, um, there's a lot more chance that you're going to get some good advice, I think. Um, it's so, that- so hard though, Dave, like, like it's so tricky because the, the advice of uh, lean on your stick, which is kind of, I'd say popped up around the early 2000s is logical. Like if if yeah. you if if you watch it, you're like, oh, that that makes logical sense. Like you see Jerome McGinley at the time get with his with his Easton synergy, um, and he's got flex on his stick. Well, what's the logical thing you should do? Well, you should lean down to get the flex on the stick, and then and then do it. So it's very logical and it and and so the coaching sounds good and sounds plausible. Right. But it's tricky because that's not what's actually happening. And and uh yeah, so that that's really like tricky thing to tease apart. Yeah, and you see uh kids like uh like Bedard now from your area. Um and you see the way this kid um shoots the puck or or uh, um and who, what's the guy uh, uh Elias Pedersen who's somebody you also have broken down yeah <laughs> you know who's a guy who's a guy who's like I, I think he's like six one six two and he weighs like I, I I think they list him at like 170 80 but I think he's like 165 I mean he's just you know he's very lean and he, and yet he has one of the most uh incredible like wrist shots in, in the NHL uh, how, how is a guy that that you know uh, that light, he's, this is not a guy who's 230. Um, how is he drifting the puck like this? Well, you know, cause he's figured something out mechanically that's different and he's understanding the technology and experimented and found a way to shoot that's different than, than this way we were talking about. So the cool thing that that's come up out of publishing content globally is, is I get all sorts of different insight. Like when I, when I draw a comparison to a sport, 
uh, I'll get feedback from someone who is like, you know, oh, that actually relates to this cue in this sport. And then I'll be able to go down that rabbit hole. And so when I was back, when I was breaking down Patrick Laine's shot, uh, I had a, a Finnish guy say, oh, like, this is all what you're explaining is very similar to throwing a javelin. And, and I was like, that's incredible. And and so I dug deep into like what javelin throwers do and think you about can't it trust and... the fins, Jason. <laughs> I, I don't mean to be the first person to to let you into this, but you can't trust the fins. Well, look at line A's shot. I think you can trust that. But no, uh... <laughs> no, I mean, I don't mean to be the person to teach you something, but here here it goes. <laughs> there are certain people on this planet that you can't trust the fins. Are in that category. <laughs> well, they're on the border. Brandon, they're on the border just, there uh, with Russia, so you know. They, yeah, they, 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 they gotta stay. You, know. you can trust say, many, the Russians. Uh, how many stars did Randy just cost us? Oh yeah, no, no. We just got. By the way, all of the people uh, in Eastern Europe just uh, just went crazy in Scandinavia. We, we were lost we were twenty two in Finland. Now we're going to be fifty two after. Hey, this. we're big in Hungary though, so I mean, you know, give right. us that. Right. I don't want to be the wet blanket, but we've now uh, eaten up a good 40 minutes of this man's time. Do you want to uh, uh, have one last question and then move? move I do have a question. There you go. I think I have a good question for you, Jason. So uh, let's just say I'm a new parent. We're, we're kind of young into the sport. Uh, the, the kid's really excited about it. Uh, what would you say for, for somebody just getting in? Where, where do they start? Uh, you What's mean, the most like important thing that you Oh, so the it would be the uh, um, the the bottle opener, the corkscrew. Um, that would be that that's the base mechanic uh, to get started with. Um, uh, yeah, that that's uh, that's also one. I'll just I'll give credit where credits due because otherwise he'll he'll be grumpy with me. But um, <laughs> the his name's Casey Bartson. Uh, I I stole like an artist uh, from him, but I'm giving him credit. Um, he, I don't know if like how I talk about it now is exactly how he mentioned it, but he was the one to first say, you know, you want to, um, what, what the corkscrew is, is, is you, you plant both feet. And this is a really weird concept for a lot of people, because especially when I was growing up, I, I was taught power skating. So what that meant, as I understood it was you stride. So you like get a deep knee bend and then you push, and that is how you skate. And, um, and so to think that you could plant both feet and not push and still move, it was like a totally foreign concept. And that was actually that move. I mentioned that Henrik Sedin move that I saw was this ability to continue your forward movement, protect the puck, steer, and, you know, do that all in one motion. And uh, that's what the corkscrew is. So it's it's uh, planted feet. It's a counter twist of the shoulders against the hips, and your weight is typically on your heels. And uh, as this is a Dave will know, this is a train 2.0ism. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. And uh, um, you'll you'll actually start to see that the corkscrew one is super easy to learn. Beginners can and should learn it first. And then it's also the movement that links all other movements together. If you have a, it's like a split step in tennis. Um, it like, you know, it's like, I don't know what they call it in baseball, but it like the, the ready stance or like, it's that, it's that kind of base movement, that base posture that links everything. 
together. And um, uh, that's where I'd, I'd suggest that that a beginner play, uh, uh, player or parent begin and, and it'll, uh, it'll make everything else easier. And it's also something that the very best in the world do and, and are masters at as well. So that's, that's yeah. the benefit. Well, I, I mean, once, no joke, like once this is in your mind and you start watching the NHL and, and it's not, the funny thing is it's not new, but uh, like players have been doing this uh, since certainly the eighties. Um, but then you, you see like every NHL player is doing it uh, maybe more than anything else in a shift. And so to not have, like no coach ever, ever even talked about this in my era. And I never saw a coach working on this with my son ever until we kind of, uh, you know, until I saw, you know, uh, Jason's video and, and where he first kind of broke, broke this down as a foundation element. And, uh, and then you see like every NHL player is doing it all the time, all over the place. And uh, uh, go watch some old Yaramir Yager highlights and you'll see he did it all the time like uh, especially around the net whenever you see a player and they're they, they got the their legs kind of wide and they're on their inside edges and they're cutting using their edge work through uh around the net that's that's a player who's corkscrewing so of course you want your kid to learn this because it's it's this thing that gives them all sorts of uh, options around the net so Yager is a great one dave because like when I, when I w watched Yager, I didn't understand him. Like he was another one of those players that I didn't understand. I was like, how is this guy not moving his feet? Yet <laughs> yeah. Still has the puck and is scoring goals. I didn't get that because I was very strong. I was moving my feet, but I was getting knocked off the puck all the time. Like puck protection wasn't really my strength. So yeah, that's, that's the benefit of the corkscrew. And then what you're seeing with the younger players nowadays, like the Hughes brothers is, 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 and uh, uh, like Zegras, um, Pedersen's phenomenal at this, is they take the corkscrew and they, it's like art. Like they, they've added so much lateral movement to it. They can, they can get over on their edges so far. And it, it's incredible. It's incredible to watch. It, it's like art. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for uh, joining us. I got to tell you, uh, having, uh, having the input uh, uh, and getting it out there to the kids that uh, are are so enthusiastic about this sport. That's really what the Youth Hockey Podcast is all about. And so for you to come in and 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 uh, make these points, uh, it just makes us feel uh, better about ourselves, Jason. So thank you for that. I've got one passing, uh, one, la one last question for you, uh, Jason. Now, if you were going to be the skipper, if you're going to be the, the uh, coach of uh, either the Kings, the Avalanche, or the Flyers, which represents the three different cities that uh, that the uh, youth hockey podcast are rooting for. Uh, which team would you take on right now? Colorado. <laughs> oh, that's a great answer. You are so good. You are so good. <laughs> I think we just know that this guy, guy from has Colorado. A, this guy <laughs> has got it going on. Well, thank you so much for being here. And uh, anyone that wants to uh, email us uh, or uh, uh, rate the show after listening to this show. I want you to rate the show because uh, this guy is uh, giving out great advice. And uh, if you mention the coach, you get uh, you get a star every time you mention the coach uh, uh, when rating us. Uh, uh, I send a I send a, a glistening silver star to his house. So thank you for uh, joining us, uh, Jason. Thank you for uh, bringing him in, David. 
And uh, for all of you out there in Youth Hockey Podcast land, thank you for listening. Remember to visit Gabe Gifford Hockey. The link is in the description and the webpage below.